Hey everyone, I hope you're all having a great December so far. In today's podcast, I'm going to explore why I believe many are against banks, why many stay into them, and why I'm against banks in general. Now, for me, I used to actually work at a bank. For several years, I worked at a larger bank. I won't say the name, but it I got to see the inner workings of how things worked in the marketing department, treasury, finance, HR, etc., and I had a good insight into what it what it's like and what they actually do to customers. Now, I'm going to kind of take the higher level view first. And the biggest reason I'm against banks and kind of the history uh, of these is, is a lot of subprime lending. Now, a lot of the sales guys at these banks, they're willing to issue a loan just because they want to get that commission. So, for example, if they want to give a mortgage out they're incentivized to make that sale even if that borrower isn't personally qualified to be able to take on that mortgage. So let's just say it's a 48% debt-to-income ratio deal. The mortgage banker knows that's not a good idea, but they need to get that commission. So they're willing to go above and beyond to close that deal even though they know it probably isn't in the best interests of the client. So I think they're not fiduciaries necessarily in many cases. And this is what we saw in 2006, 7, 8, 9. We saw a lot of subprime lending because they weren't really accountable. They were just trying to get that sale. So that's that's the first thing is subprime lending I think is really bad. I think it's still happening to this day. For example, I was looking at a lender and some banks that were offering 1% down on mortgages. I get it. Houses are expensive today. But this seems eerily similar. And I I just I hate that. It's just you're keeping people in a debt trap. People don't even know. They're just like, oh, 1% down? Okay, I'll, I'll sign up for it. And yeah, it could be part of the borrower's fault. But I just think that banks sometimes can exploit the situation through their deceptive marketing or their uh, salesman tactics. Now, this is a bigger reason I'm against banks is bailouts. Oftentimes, they're investing in underwater assets with your money. These are your deposits. And when they're investing in these underwater assets like bonds um, that that have duration mismatches, essentially what they're doing is they are taking a risky bet with your money. Now, I really am against this because we saw several banks go under back in March, April of this past year, like we saw Silicon Valley Bank, we saw First Republic, we saw Signature, we saw several others. And and the problem is this, they created a program, the Federal Reserve created a program called the BTFP program. And this, what they did was they said, okay, you know, you invested in underwater assets, we will swap those out. You All you have to do is give us your underwater bonds, your underwater assets. We'll swap those out for ones that are not underwater. And essentially, it's a a form of a bailout because who's, who's the one footing the bill on this? You and me, the taxpayer. Indirectly, of course, it won't be like you're going to get another 1% in taxes. Rather, you're going to see, you go to the store, you'll see eggs cost a little more. You'll start to see that homes cost a little more, and so on and so forth. So that's the next thing I'm really against banks on. The next thing is fractional reserve banking. 
Now, I can't believe it. In March of 2020, they lowered the reserve requirements for banks up from it used to be 10% back in the 80s and uh, 90s. It was a, around 20%. They lowered that from 10% to 0%. 0% reserve requirements. Now, think about that for a second. They don't need to hold capital. and Like if you deposit a million dollars, they don't need to hold that capital. Now, a lot of them do just for safeguarding for certain cases, but the, it was mandated and it hasn't been reduced. They never said, okay, this was a short-term thing to decrease the reserve requirements. No, this is still in place to this day. So fractional reserve banking, I'm, I'm more of a guy that's into full reserve banking, like what Custodia is doing. And um, I think it's really sad to see because people don't know. It's It really is a Ponzi scheme and it's a game of musical chairs. And if you don't, if you're the last one that doesn't get a chair, sorry, you're out of luck. But as we all know, now there's been a moral hazard created because people can just say, oh, you know, the FDIC will cover us. Well, I, I don't think we should bank on that. Privatizing the profits and socializing the gains. So that's what we saw with the BTFP program. That's, you know, in my opinion, one of the worst things that can be done. Yes, would there have been a lot of pain and suffering in March and April? I think so. But you want to know what? I think that kind of free market activity is good because then we can creatively come up with the right safeguards rather than relying on the government to do so. Look at these three banks, Silicon Valley, First Republic, and Signature, they were all regulated by the government. That's the craziest thing. I mean, think about that for a second. They were all regulated. They had to go through you know, these checks and audits and all this, they went under. So what, what does that tell you about our regulators? They don't know anything. Now, the last thing, and I'll kind of highlight this, and then I'll talk about Bitcoin, is the amount of fees, interest, charges. They look to charge you fees on everything. If you go to another country, if you try to exchange your dollars for euros, if you try to... If you maybe go over for a few hours on your account, if you don't have an account minimum, if I can go if, if, if. Point is, banks are in the business of charging you fees. And fees are very destructive to wealth. And if, you know, it's just one thing I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. And these fees all go to the SVP of fees and checking. They all go to the, the heads up at the organization. And it's just a really bad practice. I'm not a huge fan of, of all the fees. And they're not even disclosed well, too. They're on the fine print. So overall, I think Bitcoin fixes all this. I think Bitcoin is going to be a solution where you won't see subprime lending. You hold the bearer asset. You won't need bailouts. Bitcoin is, it, it just is. It, it doesn't have to be fractionally reserved because you're, you're actually holding a full uh, coin, essentially, or, or not a full coin, but you're holding the actual, there's no credit derivative on it. You're, you're actually holding the bearer instrument. And the next thing I think Bitcoin will do is you, you don't have to worry about ever going to the bank or I guess what you can say is your cold storage and ever wondering if it's there or not. As long as you haven't put your keys in the wrong place, as long as you haven't, you know, put them on a hot wallet or online, you should be golden. I mean, this is the beauty. In the future, banks are going to go under because 
why would you ever hold something that is fractionally reserved when you can hold the full asset itself? And I think a lot of people are going to come to question this in the coming years and decades. And we're going to start to see Bitcoin appreciate significantly. Everyone wants to hold the real wealth, the real instrument. Nobody wants to hold a derivative thereof. You guys let me know what you think, though. Let's go Bitcoin!